We are talking movies with Tim Lammers, and we are brought to you by Russell's Security Resource, a trusted security partner since 1991. Call for an appointment, 763-682-1253. Their website is russellsecurity.com. Mr. Tim, how are you doing? I am very well, Mr. Tim. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. We're moving into uh, kind of more of a fall feel now that's uh, kind of unavoidable. Leaves are turning a little early this year, so. That's cool. I love it. I love it. And, of course, um, fall means we're starting to get into the awards season a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we'll start, you know, that stuff of full force in October. But, you know, when you get a Clint Eastwood movie, I mean, clearly – um, there is more than one thing in mind for the studios, and that is, you know, A, he's Clint Eastwood. People love Clint Eastwood. But B, the guy, I don't know how many Oscars he's won, four maybe, yeah. <laughs> for, product- for producing and directing. And, and honestly, I think that uh, he could be seeing at least more nominations for producing and directing as well as acting for Cry Macho. guy knows how to make a movie, doesn't he? he it's amazing, Tim. I mean, look... First of all, it's on in theaters and on HBO Max because it's a Warner Brothers film. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's 91 years old. Uh, a lot of uh, filmmakers, uh, you know, when they get, probably when they're a lot younger, say, okay, you know, I, I think I'm just going to kick back. But as long as the work is there that, that speaks to Clint Eastwood, he will make it. And thankfully, it's because of a Twin Cities-born filmmaker, Nick Shank, a screenwriter who has worked with Eastwood on, now this is his third film with Eastwood. The first one was Gran Torino, and after that he did uh, The Mule, and now this one. And he writes to uh, Eastwood's sensibilities, clearly. He writes characters that Eastwood can play convincingly, um, you know, characters that, you know, 91-year-old characters, right? I mean... This case, he, he plays Mike Milo. He's a broken-down former raid, uh, rodeo star. A career came to an abrupt halt earlier uh, when there was a, a rodeo accident. And then that blow was um, made worse by a family tragedy. And uh, now he's employed by a Texas rancher, played by Dwight Yoakam. Uh, he's basically been keeping uh, Mike afloat for years. Uh, you know, he's not totally reliable, has some issues with pills and drinking and stuff like that. But he says, okay, Mike, uh, I've been keeping you afloat, so you owe me. I need you to travel to Mexico to retrieve my 13-year-old estranged son named Rafa. His mother uh, is out of control. Uh, I think he is being mistreated. So uh, Mike agrees, finds the boy, attempts to drive him to the border, but the the mother has some power. She sends some henchmen after Mike and to retrieve the boy, as well as federales. And then complicating matters is that um, the rancher isn't being completely honest with Mike as to why he wants his son. So that leaves Mike in a quandary as well. So, you know, again, Nick Shank, brilliant script. Uh, he has Eastwood totally dialed in. Um, the character feels remarkably alive and real. Clint Eastwood can still throw a punch, Tim. He can still get up on a horse. <laughs> and, and, you know, and just apart from Clint, I mean, it's a great road movie. It's a, it's a part road thriller. It's part redemption story. It's part 
coming-of-age story. It's a movie about second chances. There's even a sweet little uh, romantic storyline in this thing that leads to a big payoff at the end of the film. Hmm. You know, I, it was just striking me as you were talking about it that I, I was thinking about the fact that I think that uh, for the past several movies now, Clint Eastwood, or this might even go back uh, a number of years, really, uh, but it seems like kind of when he he reached a certain point that now even in the dramatic, uh, heavy, you know, grizzled, grumbly roles, he's got that little crack of humanity in there, too. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I mean, he plays these characters, he becomes these characters, and they're so believable because we know these people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, in an odd sort of way, I thought about my dad watching this guy. My dad loved Clint Eastwood, but, uh, you know, he passed away three years ago. He would have been about the same age as Clint, and certainly his behavior was like Clint in this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So we see so much of the people we know and love in these characters, and that's the amazing thing. I mean, he hasn't always played those sorts of characters. I mean, the Dirty Harrys of the world and right. the other tough guy roles, and... You know, in a, in a sort of way, this movie is like a reflection on those previous characters, macho yeah. characters. And macho, by the way, is the name of uh, Rafa's pet rooster. Uh, he's a cockfighter in Mexico, uh, but it's his pet rooster, who actually has uh, a surprising role in the film, this huh? chicken. So when you can get a guy having dialogue with a chicken, Tim, <laughs> you know that the film works. <laughs> Yeah. It's just really an amazing thing. It feels so original. I mean, and that's the other thing. I love originality, and you totally get it here. How much for Cry Macho? Nine out of ten for Cry Macho. I think maybe some viewers, the younger viewers, might be a little more impatient with the pace of it. But again, I mean, if you know and love Eastwood, and you know his work, I mean, you know, he has a sensibility about him. He's a storyteller, and Things take time sometimes to come together. But again, there are just so many different elements in this movie that just elevate it above everything else that I've seen lately. And, and, and seriously, this payoff at the end of the film might be the best ending I've seen in a film all year. Wow. I mean, that's how much I love the ending. And, and also, too, I, I should mention there's an actor in here, Mexican actor. Uh, her name is Natalia Traven. She plays this cafe owner named Marta who protects Mike and the boy as authorities look for them. It's just like you instantly fall in love with this character. You know, she's so beautiful and compassionate, and she just makes you totally believe that there's still goodness left in the world. It's just, oh, man, I I just was so taken by this character. Might be one of my favorite characters in years. That's how effective she is, apart from the fact that Eastwood just totally knocks it out of the park again. Excellent. Yeah, I've seen some trailers for it. I'm anxious to see it. Cry Macho gets a 9 from Tim. We're going to come back and talk about a couple more releases after this. If you have a commercial building that has old, worn-out, rusty metal doors, call Russell's Security for your commercial door replacement solutions. Stop the endless cycle of repairing your metal door by using a more durable fiberglass-reinforced polyester door manufactured by Special Light. 
Special light doors resist the constant deterioration that's unavoidable with hollow metal doors. These replacement doors are perfect for manufacturing, restaurant, retail, warehouse, or utility service doors. Check out RussellSecurity.com or call 763-682-1253 for a free consultation. We're back talking movies with Tim Lammers. We're going to do a couple more on this side of the break today. Yeah, first one is Cop Shop. Starts Gerard Butler as Bob Vidic. He's a resourceful assassin on the trail of a slick con artist named Teddy, played by Frank Grillo. Teddy knows he's a dead man unless he takes to extreme measures, so he sucker punches a rookie cop to get arrested and thrown into jail, and he thinks he's safe from his would-be assassin. The problem is that uh, Bob, the, the assassin, finds a way to get arrested himself, so now only a jail cell separates the two, and Bob needs to find a way to carry out his hit on Teddy. And there's another hitman who wants uh, Teddy for the bounty as well. He blasts his way into this jail, and caught in the middle is this rookie officer who must decide to let either Bob or Teddy out of their cell to stop the carnage. So it turns this whole prison break subgenre on its head, which I love. I love stuff that's original and refreshing and you know, this whole bad guy seeking protection from the police instead of breaking out of jail and trying to run from them. I mean, it's just totally different, you know. So it's brutal, it's bloody, but it also has great dialogue, great storytelling. It, it's just, it's thrilling. It can be funny at times. It really has everything. And, and meaningful dialogue on top of everything else to really give the movie some weight. Excellent. Cop Shop gets how much? That gets an 8 out of 10. Pretty good option, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then also I need to mention a movie that's also new in theaters on HBO Max. It didn't screen last week for critics. I got a link Thursday night, too late for our purposes. But it's a frightening movie called Malignant, um, where this woman experiences uh, horrific psychic visions of brutal murders that end up being real. And it turns out that she has a psychic tie to a brutal monster but you can't prove it because when they, they do sketches of the the killer, and the cops don't believe it, that, that an actual monster could even exist. So they suspect her because of this. So uh, the key to me in this one is James Wan. He directed The Conjuring and they created The Conjuring Universe. He created the Saw franchise, the Insidious franchise. He even directed Aquaman. This guy's an extremely talented filmmaker. He creates this wonderful atmosphere, foreboding atmosphere at the beginning of the film, and it only gets more and more intense from there. So, And then, again, I think maybe part of the reason this thing was held from critics is because in the third act there's a shocking revelation that I just think people might have, you know, blurted it out or something and spoiled the fun. Oh. So, you know, that, it's fun, but it's horrifying, it's gruesome. <laughs> But it's also very, very original. Mm. And that's what I love about this movie. Again, originality. Give it to me. And, uh, you know, look, there are some people that can stomach this stuff. Look, I'll warn you. I mean, it's very gruesome. So you might not want to watch this one. I, I personally can stomach it. One thing I do have a problem with it, Tim, though, uh, stupid characters uh, oh. that go into buildings that are empty in the middle of the night. <laughs> I've never understood that. And... Uh, you know, so that's one of those tropes that obviously it works for the film, but it's like, oh, come on, give me a break. Mm. But again, that's that's a minor flaw in the whole scheme of things. I would definitely recommend this movie if 
and only if you're a horror movie fan. Because, again, you're going to get into some pretty serious stuff here. All right. Malignant gets how much? That also gets an 8 out of 10. Three pretty good options this week. Yeah, great options. It's nice when that happens. It doesn't happen often. But, again, my top pick would probably be, or without question, would be Cry Macho. Yep. I mean, and, and, you know, I favor Eastwood stuff. I mean, look, we've grown up with him. We love this guy and love the fact that even at age 91, he's still kicking butt. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, sir, what else you got cooking on the, uh, the websites here? Uh, well, just in shortly, I did talk with Gerard Butler for Cop Shop. And uh, for Looper.com, and I will be posting that on my website as well, directconversations.com. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to uh, see if we can't get out to some of these movies this week, and next week we'll talk again. All right, Tim. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks a lot. Tim Lammers talking movies on KRWC, brought to you by Russell's Security Resource, a trusted security partner since 1991. Call for an appointment, 763-682-1253. Visit their website as well, russellsecurity.com.